Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I am your host, Jay. Thank you for checking us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. Please, while you're there, like, subscribe, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Man, let's go ahead and give us five anyway and gifted. So, on today's solo episode of Unfair Sports, I'm diving all up into the greatness of the NBA playoffs in this past weekend. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about our question of the day. Pose that next. And Master P, the coach of the Lakers? Yeah, sounds ridiculous. Hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906, and uh, give us your best opinions and let us know what you think of the show, as well as answer our question of the week. Strong opinions are always welcome. You might even be at a topic of discussion. So hit us up, 430-901-1906. Woo, good stuff. Yep. Day late, but not dollar short. Thank you for checking us out here on Unfair Sports. Um, real quick, question of the week. I'm going to lead off with that and then close off with it again. Thanks to Jason Tatum and his amazing finish and score. I want to know what is the best game winner you've ever seen in person. I've seen a couple. I was there for Russ's game winner against Golden State, which was beautiful. Which, but give me one that you've seen. That Jason Tatum layup was beautiful. We'll talk about that on the other side. As well as dive into uh, the Lakers and fearing LeBron. Thought that was um, a fascinating topic that came up over the weekend. So let's dive in, shall we? Yo, what's good, everybody? Hope you all had a great weekend. Thank you for checking us out here on the pod as usual. It's Monday. I had to record this a day later. I was expecting to do this on Sunday, but honestly, the weekend was really good. Hopefully you all partook in the great NBA playoff festivities because we got a lot of really, really good basketball from the Timberwolves Grizzlies becoming the game that we, the series we expected to be a little disappointed that it's going to be on NBA TV, which will be today, which is Tuesday. But cause that's, that, that's prime time. Put that bad boy in TNT. We want to watch Anthony Edwards and John Morant go back and forth, but NBA makes his decisions and whatnot. But from there we had that Raptors 76ers game where the youth showed out followed by another game with Warriors and Nuggets that more youth decided to show out. And then Sunday, we were uh, gifted. I mean, of course, the first game was terrible. Miami Heat. I'll talk about them a little later. I expect them to just win it all and be done. 
it's neither here nor there. But that Celtics and Nets game, chef's kiss for a Sunday afternoon. Bulls and Bucks turned out better than I expected. And then, of course, everybody decided to go to bed as they prepared for work as Chris Paul dropped 30 and the Suns beat the Pelicans. So opening weekend was everything that you hoped it would be for the NBA playoffs. We got some suspense. We got some battles, got some expected blowouts. And the good thing is, is the blowouts anchored the good games. So first games in games were meh. the middle games, the meat of the day was good. So you could, you know, watch the games and then take the rest of the day off. So kind of jump to the games that really jumped out the most to me. So first off on Saturday was definitely that Timberwolves Grizzlies game. I know y'all saw Ja Morant and Carl Anthony Towns' dads both meet up at the middle of the court. Of course, y'all saw that Usher was trending all weekend long. And the reason Usher was trending is because Ja's dad literally looked like Usher Raymond in the black shirt and it looked like a silver necklace. Wasn't sure. But he looked like him. Which was funny. But it was good seeing them embrace. It was fun. But watching Anthony Edwards go out there and drop 36 with Ja adding 32. Ooh, that series is going to be a monster. Now, I do think that Memphis is in trouble. Because Minnesota was able to walk out there and assert their dominance. I think Ed, Anthony Edwards is going to be a problem. For years to come. Carl Anthony Towns had his bounce back game from his last mediocre showing in the play in. But at the same time, a lot of people pointed out that that was the anniversary of losing his mom. His dad was also sick because of COVID. He lost a lot of family and dealt with a lot of battling within the COVID realm. And he bounced back with 29 and 13, which is what you need from him. It's two for five from three. So he cut back on the threes. If you checked out my pod, over the weekend, I had Zach Noble on from Noble and Roosh and the Ballers Life family. And he's lives in Minnesota, talks about Minnesota, loves the Timberwolves. And he talked about how Cat's been focusing on trying to get back down the block, score more. Problem is, he only shot five free throws. I expect Cat to get closer to eight to 10 because of his size. He should be able to force people to foul him more. It's neither here nor there. But Anthony Edwards got eight. So he he spent more time at the line, which I love to see. But this kind of shows me how the youth movement in this league is really just gearing up and getting better and better. So from Anthony Edwards dropping 36, Ja had his 32, which was a solid battle. 8 for 18, not bad. He had 20 free throws. Tells you what. He knows how to get to the line. He's a vet. You look at the other games with the 76ers, Tyrese Maxey drops 38, four and two. So he goes out on a scoring binge to help the 76ers beat the Raptors, which to me is a great sight for Philly because that gives them an additional score. Now, I don't think he's going to replicate it. I mean, I'm as I'm recording this, I've got the Philly Raptors game on now. Philly's beating up on the Raptors and Maxi at this point is third in scoring with Joel Embiid basically dominating. But that gives them that additional weapon needed to beat teams in the next round. I didn't expect this Toronto series to be any good anyway. No shade to them. They got a great coach in Nick Nurse, but they don't have the best player on the court. Philly has two and looks like almost three. As much as I like Pascal Siakam, 
I'm probably still going to take James Harden over him just because of history. Now, playoff history, yeah, but James ain't played all year, so hopefully he's not tanked out. Plus, like I said, he's got Embiid. He's got Maxie showing out. The young players are doing it. And then you went to that last game with with Jordan Poole. Now, Jordan Peele, don't be mistaken. That was a mistake that everybody made during the NCAA tournament. But Jordan Poole dropped 30 in Steph's return. Jokic struggled, but that gave them an additional score. Someone that could step up and take over the points, which honestly makes Golden State really dangerous. If Poole can keep that consistent, he had to drop 30 every game. If he can drop about 15 or 20 on a regular basis while they're ramping up Steph Curry, who did not start in this game, he had 16, 5 for 13 from the field. If they do that on a regular basis, oh boy. Golden State's going to be a problem in the West. And so I'm going to talk about who I think is going to win next episode. But I just kind of want to talk through these games. Jazz Mavericks, unless Luka plays, Jazz is going to win that. And I think that's going to be the problem for the Mavs right now is Luka looks like he's not going to play game two. So overall, eh, that series is kind of boring. Not really into it. But then going to the next day, we had that Celtics game, which was unreal. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Same thing with the Bucks. But overall, we've got these young players on Saturday that showed out. Anthony Edwards out here saying that we the ones, Jack. You got Carl Anthony Towns with the show out. Maxi. The NBA is in really good hands. And that's something that, that it's it's hard. It's, I've said this a couple, about a year ago here on the show that I feel like they're in really the league's in really good hands with the youth movement that we have. And I think they're here. This is it. Now, do I see Maxie really taking over for this team? Nah, Anthony Edwards. Definitely. He's a number one. Jaws, obviously a number one. He averaged 27 points this season, which is pretty damn good for somebody his size. I mean, you know, a la Allen Iverson and stuff can't say, you know, stay healthy, but he went out there and he cooked it up. And you don't really see young players like this step out and dominate this quickly and then truly lead their team somewhere at this young age. I mean, the last person that we've seen at a young age lead a team anywhere was truly LeBron when he took the Cavs to the finals in 07 at 20, was it 23, 24 years old? You don't get that very often. Now, do I see any of these guys leading their teams to the finals? Now, Poole's situation, he's still got basically the whole core of Golden State trying to get healthy. Get that. So I'm not too – I think that he's just going to be an additional complimentary piece. I don't think he'll ever take over that team. Maxi, he's got Harden. He's got Embiid, which to me honestly takes a little bit of pressure off of him. But Anthony Edwards and John Morant, they don't have anybody to – really take the pressure off themselves. It's literally their teams. They are the ones. So I honestly think they're going to be the forces in this league in the West for years to come. They're the ones that these teams need to make sure they build heavily around and keep as many complimentary pieces as possible. As much as I hate to say it too, Pat Beverly might have been a really good pickup for them. I think his leadership capabilities jumped off the screen in the way that he would push players in defensive positions and stuff. That's big. 
I don't even like Pat Beverly like that. But that's a big deal. I've always said that he's one of those players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate him because he's not on your team. I don't think I'd want him on my team, but at the same time, he's one of those guys that does all the grunt work while at the same time, you know, putting a little leadership, injecting some leadership into that locker room. And I think that he's done that for this team, something that they've been needing for years, especially since Carl Anthony Towns is not going to be that guy. He isn't. That's just not him. But I think Anthony Edwards is. I think in time he's going to truly inject leadership into the team. I think that he's going to be a big key piece for this team in the future. I think he's going to be the most important player in Minnesota since probably Kevin Garnett. Period. Like, can't name anybody else there that's got a bigger, it's going to have a bigger impact on that team than what Anthony Edwards is doing today. And I, and I commend him at this young age to have that type of command. So if there's a game to watch, watch that series between Minnesota and Memphis. It's going to, it's going to be the best one. It's going to be all grind. A lot of, a lot of high flying. Hell, Josh said it's going to be high flying action. That's the one to tune into. So out of all of them, I'm all in that one. Golden State, though, Golden State's going to probably be a problem late if Steph gets healthy. Steph gets healthy, they're going to be a really big problem. But did y'all see that shot by Jason Tatum? Like, for real, did y'all see that game? Now, talk to a buddy of mine, and in my eyes, In my eyes, Boston should be happy about the way that I mean, Brooklyn should be happy the way that game ended. Mainly because they did everything right overall as a team, except for with Kevin Durant, who shot very poorly. This is probably one of his worst games. Nine for twenty four, one for five for three. Only had five free throws, twenty three points, minus thirteen plus minus. He wasn't very good at six turnovers. But the the team as a whole shot 53% from the field, 45% from three. Boston, 47% from the field, 36% from three. Can Brooklyn keep that defensive intensity and make sure that Boston does not shoot well? If they can do that, they can steal this series. Now on the flip, if Boston... And this is how it's good for them. They were able to grind it out with this team, even with them shooting as well as they did, as well as Kyrie Irving did, 12 for 20, 6 for 10 from 3, 39 points. They were able to come out with the W. Something that's not very easy to do against a team of veterans like Brooklyn. Now, of course, we were making the jokes about the way Brooklyn is assembled. You got Kevin Durant, you got Drummond, you got Kyrie, you got Seth Curry, you got all these play Gordon Dragic, you got Patty Mills, you got all these players. Marcus Aldridge, who didn't even play, neither did Blake Griffin. The biggest problem with Brooklyn as a quote unquote super team, they're not, is their coaches, Steve Nash. The problem in this series for Boston for Brooklyn is that they're going to get out coached with ease. They're going to lose this series because of Steve Nash. 
I don't know why you wouldn't pay Mills more. They didn't. Mills has playoff experience. Mills is a really good shooter. You should play him more. But you're playing Kyrie 42 minutes and Kevin Durant 41. It's not going to last very long for them. Especially the way that this team is constructed. So the only thing good for Brooklyn is they shot very well in this game. But the issue you're going to run into on the back end for Brooklyn is that you can't have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing 40-something minutes right now. Not in the first round. If you want this team to win something. We've seen the biggest problem with this team has not been their ability to score or their, even their ability to play defense. Their, their biggest problem has always been their ability to be available. They're always hurt. And playing the, this many minutes this early in the playoffs, it's going to lead to them either getting knocked out this series or guaranteed gone in the second round because somebody's going to get hurt. They are. Yeah, you played a game, blah, blah, blah. Nah, not when you have a team that's, you you run them into the ground, conference finals, NBA finals. Your team is talented enough, should be talented enough with all the names that you have, even though I like to tell everybody and remind you that names don't mean shit in the NBA. Don't mean anything. Just because you got all these names on your team doesn't mean you're going to win anything. I'll talk about that on the other side. But the only way for this team to actually see success for them to get success out of this series, Nash needs to do a better job of managing these minutes, getting the right lineups going, getting the right players on the court so they can score. Because what Boston did, man, that was a clinic. And they didn't even play that many people. They can play Tatum and Al Hort. Well, Al Horford, which is shocking, he played 400 minutes. But you can play Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown 40 minutes. They're still kids. They can do it. But you don't want to play Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who has a history of injury problems, to play this many minutes. Oh, yeah, and they're also in Ramadan. So Kyrie and Jalen Brown both can't eat or drink during the game. So luckily they won't play any more day games probably for the rest of the playoffs. But Nash, this is on you, bro. If you don't figure out your lineups... Y'all are Dunsky, and we'll be watching the Nets go home. Last game, real quick. I got to give the Chicago Bulls props. They fought, and they did not back down. They started the game off getting their tail kicked. 34-21 first quarter. We thought this game was over. I actually was about to turn it off. I said, by halftime, I'm out. Then they went on a run, 22-17 in the second quarter, 28-23 in third quarter. And they buckled down on defense in the fourth. Final score, 93-86. Questionable call that Giannis may did do the over the back, but they didn't call it. They did everything they were supposed to do. The refs kind of stole that from them. And you want me to be absolutely honest? They can get it back. I think they can steal one game in this series. Just one. But they did a really good job of fighting in this. And I give it to Billy Donovan. He kicked ass in, in coaching in this game. He coached very well. It's not much you can really do when, you know, the shots aren't really falling, 18% from three, 32% from the field. And you were able to be within a, a possession in the last couple minutes of the game. It's telling you something. They ain't going to shoot that bad all series. 
As much as I like Milwaukee's defense, they ain't going to be able to hold them like that this, this entire time. They were able to go nine deep. Chicago went 10. DeRozan shot bad. Mr. Midrange was horrible. But I think that they will be a much better competitor for them later on. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This podcast is brought to you by Square. Your restaurant runs best when everything and everyone works together. Square's integrated point of sale system offers one central place to keep cash flowing reach more diners, and operate smarter. Square has the trusted restaurant tools and solutions to serve you, your staff, and your customers now and in the future, no matter how your business evolves. The future needs your restaurant. Get there with Square. Learn more at square.com slash audiology. Okay, man, so... So I don't know if y'all saw this, but Master P has put himself out there and saying that he can lead the Lakers as constructed to a championship. He wants to bring Shaq in as an assistant and they can do it. TMZ let him do his pitch. He pitched it to Jenny Buss basically on there because Jenny Buss does watch TMZs, what they said. And he said that he can do it. Bring Shaq in as assistant. He said, bring me in. I can keep. I can help get us some W's championships. He said it's uncommon for the Lakers to not be in the playoffs. We ain't ever used to that. I'm a big fan of Lakers from Magic Johnson, all the greats that have been there. Kobe, we've never seen like this before. All right. I think that's hilarious that he said that. And I think it's hilarious that you fans out there believe that what's going on right now has not happened before. This literally happened in the 2000s. Twice. Do y'all not remember that beautiful picture of Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, all looking like they're about to win a championship? Y'all remember all the tweets out there that set up? Go ahead, wrap it up. Championship's done. Lakers are going to win it. That was 2012, 2013. That team went 45 and 37. Lost in the first round. Got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, coach was um, Mike Brown. He got fired because the year before he was coach. They went 41-25 during the uh, lockout year. And he had Kobe, Matt Barnes, Gasol, yeah, Troy Murphy, Ramon Sessions, Meta World Peace. Nah, it's a meh team. Just a whole bunch of whole bunch of supporting cast around Kobe in his fifteenth year. They couldn't deal with him, so they got rid of him. Brought in D'Antoni, who went forty and thirty-two as the head coach. Then the next year, D'Antoni went twenty-seven and fifty-five. 
that was a year Kobe played six games after he tore that Achilles. They were bad. Fired in Tony right afterwards. Byron Scott came in and they were really bad for the last three years of Kobe's career. You remember those years? I do. Now let's go back to, okay, you know, LeBron's not able to lead them, blah, blah, blah. Got all these great players around him, blah, blah, blah. No, there's names. He had names around him. Doesn't mean any of them great. Anthony Davis, the biggest problem is he can't stay healthy. I know I know he hates the street clothes joke, but, dude, you don't play. Every time we look up, you're hurt. Just the facts, man, just the facts. But don't forget, before Phil Jackson, they had Rudy Tomjanovich. Right after the championship, Phil left. They traded Shaq. Kobe had the team by himself, and it was time for him to go show that who he was. This was all even before the Schmush Parker years. It's Kobe with a young Karam Butler, old man Vladi Divides. Man, Brian Grant's 10 years in. He had Lamar Odom, which in his fifth year, he was good. He showed out in the playoffs. Kareem Rush. Solid squad. 34-48. And then, of course, after Kobe retired, we had, what, five years and not five years of being really, really bad? So... Let's not pretend like this is an uncommon thing for the Lakers. They have their gaps until they get a superstar. And then said superstar still can have a bad season. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I guess it's just that we expect LeBron at 37 years old to do everything that nobody else could do. Which I always find hilarious. That we really think that we expect him, only him, to do what no one else has ever been able to do. They went 33 and 49 this year. They won a championship two years ago. They were about around it, but they were bad going down this list. I mean, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. Six years of bad basketball. And that was the year LeBron got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, they made the playoffs that year. But let's not act like this is just unbelievable. We just literally came off the Lakers sucking. We did. And so with that, there was a post that I saw online about people fearing LeBron. Buddy of mine hit me up and said that nobody feared him. Blah, blah, blah. I said, because it was, was my bad. It was undisputed. Shane Sharp said that on Shaq saying that no one feared LeBron. And Sharp asked, you know, 10 finals, Raptors never filled themselves to everybody in the East didn't fear him. What are you talking about? And so I pointed out, you didn't know, the Celtics started there, got the super, they got a super team specifically because LeBron took a team to the finals in 2007 at the age of 20, 23, 24 years old. What, what did that tell you? That eventually, that the, the Cavaliers front office was going to figure out how to surround this dude with some actual talent. And it was going to be a done deal. He was going to go to the finals every year. Well, you put a whole bunch of veterans together against some young dudes. What have we seen happen? Like right there in their prime veterans too: Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. What happens? 
They're going to the finals two years in a row. Win a championship the first year together. They're like one of the few to actually put a team together and go to the finals the first year together. Who else has really done that? I mean, LeBron did it when they went to Miami, but they lost. Because they still had to figure out themselves as well as the bench. They had that entire team. Danny Ainge put together a very nice supporting cast to go on that team. Go look back at that roster. Just go back and look at it. That was a really, really, really good team. It was built to go to the finals, hence why they went back-to-back years. So LeBron recognized that the team that I play for can't figure this out themselves. So I try to recruit people to come to Cleveland. And of course, everyone laughed at him, said, bro, we ain't going to Cleveland. Not happening. We're not going to Cleveland. So that's how you end up in Miami. Legend has it. D Wade and him talked and he said, Hey man, can you try to come to Cleveland? Come out here. You know, D Wade's like, nah, dog, Miami's better. He ain't lying. No shade to y'all in Cleveland. But Miami really is better, especially for somebody rich like that. Why would you go to Cleveland? So that's how you end up down there. But to the point, and no one feared him. And they say everybody's buddies with LeBron. Everybody's not buddies with LeBron. They're not. Just like in the 80s and 90s and the 70s, the stars are buddies with each other. They all are. Bill Russell was a mentor to Wilt Chamberlain. Didn't know that, did y'all? I was listening to uh, Pa Ryan Rossillo and he was talking to uh, Jackie McMillan. And she covered them back in the day. And she talked about how Russell would talk to Wilt and he was a mentor to him. But they competed against each other still. So they're, you know, buddies. Stars, they're our buddies. Jordan bought Barkley earrings before their playoff series. $20,000 earrings. That was his way of getting Barkley off of his butt, off his back. Worked, right? Just Google search that story because it's funny. Jordan used to play golf with Danny Ainge in their series. Jordan would play golf with just about everybody. Now, he was competitive. He was trying to win money off of them. They all play cards and stuff all the time, too. Let's not pretend like these guys weren't buddies all the way through it. On the court, they try to take each other out, just like today. LeBron tried to go at Carmelo, and Carmelo went at LeBron, but they kicked it in the offseason. Jordan did the same thing. Reggie Miller would go to Space Jam set, and they had the infamous basketball battles. They didn't, he didn't fear him. They played against each other. They did all this stuff together. Dream team. They kicked it. The only person that nobody liked, like at all nobody liked, was Zeke. Isaiah Thomas. Only person. So it just cracks me up, man. Love my dude. But this is literally his, his talking point every time. Oh, nobody fears him. They respect him, but they don't fear him. No, they, they, they feared him. Teams assembled to beat him. 
Boston put together a team because they knew that he would be able to go to the finals on a regular basis, and they knew that Cleveland wasn't going to put together a supporting cast. It's easy. Cleveland never had. It literally took them to get, like, what, three straight first number one picks, and Kyrie was the only one to hit. (laughs) And we see what Andrew Wiggins really is. He turned him into Kevin Love and got a chip for Cleveland, something that nobody else has been able to do. So the fact that y'all actually believe that LeBron isn't feared, it's pretty asinine. I'll leave it at that. Oh man, I appreciate y'all jumping in and listening to me rant and rave about the NBA playoffs. Thanks for checking us out here on Unfair Sports. Make sure you check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. And please share because sharing is caring. We appreciate the love as we continue to revamp the show and try to make it as better as possible. So, for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for staying up late and helping your boy out get this prep for Tuesday release. Um, I'll have one definitely after um, Wednesday or Thursday in preparation through the these first set of games in the playoffs. We'll know who's going to be doing what. The NBA NFL draft is coming up in a week. We've got OU spring games. We had Alabama and Georgia that came this past weekend. Might speak on the greatness of those, but question of the week. What is the best game winner you have ever seen? Either in person, maybe one that you did yourself. Love to hear those stories. So hit us up, 430-901-1906. And with that, shout out to John in a few days. Peace.